Uh, and then Andy went to find my finish line bag and couldn't find it, and I just laid in the wood chips. And then I laughed as I watched Hillary like lay down on the ground an awful lot in the wood chips. I feel very discombobulated. I was a disaster at work today, but um, yeah, just really happy. And today I sat on the loo without assistance for the first time. And I can also walk downstairs front ways, not backwards. Welcome back to the next episode. This is a really fun one for you guys today. It is the Wham Recap, Whistler Alpine Meadows. It's a bit hodgepodge all over the place because I like to record before these races and then also after. And if you have run an ultra or any hard race, really, you know that the clouds in your brain are really, really thick after. So trying to piece it all together was challenging, but I also try to get the energy of the race um, or lack thereof post-race. Well, it's all fresh in your memory and you're kind of riding that high. So I did get some voice notes from our friends that were running and they're really fun to hear. And again, got a couple of clips of how people were feeling after. And I put those in, in the end, after I kind of recapped how the whole thing went. So you get some context for it. Um, I talked a bit about training in this episode as well, because I did get asked to do a mini episode on it, but I thought it kind of fit all together. So talk about training for this race while we were on holidays with a family, which I think is something a lot of people can relate to. Um, and we hear from Tori and Linda who are doing the hundred miler, which when you do hundred K of that route, gives you really good perspective on how absolutely insane and, and amazing that is. And then we talked to uh, Tara, Katie, and myself who did the 100K. And I say it in the episode, and I will say it again. We have some badass friends, and uh, there was some epic finishes in this race. So if you want to go to Hillsport 55 to see some of the pictures, and then you can also see the Coast Mountain Trail Series Instagram to get way more footage on what this race actually looked like because it is so stunning, um, so beautiful. So we'll get more into this race and how it all went and how everybody was feeling. All right, welcome to the pre-race ramble for Wham! Whistler Alpine Meadows 100K. Well, how am I feeling for this race? Fuck if I know. We are so not prepared uh, for a epic mountain race that we are going to do. And let me just tell you, we were in June of this year and Katie was doing the maps for the race. And she sent me a message that was like, we should do this. It looks beautiful. For a laugh, she said, and I quote, for a laugh. Because it was her wedding. You guys know that. And we were in Europe for a significant amount of the training block. Katie was in Europe for almost all of the summer and trying to get her wedding organized. She did run, but she's mildly undertrained compared to what she would be here. I did run there, and I'll get into some of how that training went and kind of some tips, tips, I guess, just my experience, with running in on a vacation and uh, definitely got some mileage in, but it was flat. And this race has 6,000 meters of climbing, 6,000 meters of descent, which for you Americans is over 20,200 feet of uh, up and down. So over 100K, 
that's a lot of climbing, but it's also a lot of downhill and that quad pain is going to be very real in two days, three days. So I decide, sure, let's do this. Now I'm feeling like I had the BMO marathon. I had survival of the fittest 18 K where I actually was getting COVID that morning and didn't know and raced. And then it um, nearly killed me for a few weeks because if you are starting to get COVID, the absolute worst thing you can do is run a very hard race all out. And um, that's exactly what happened to me. But there was no way of knowing because the only thing I felt was, oh, I don't really feel like eating. My stomach's a little off, but I probably was just nervous, I thought. Anyways, by that night, I couldn't move. Um, and stayed in bed for two or three weeks. Fucking hell. Really, really fun. Challenging race. Felt pretty fired up. Also had a baseball tournament that was really important for me personally. It had, it was kind of a memorial to a friend who used to play in the baseball tournament and she had a skiing accident last year. So that's my second friend in, um, as many years that has died skiing. And that was really emotional, uh, harder than I thought it was going to be actually for both Andy and I to play in that tournament and try to play well. I also had a tennis tournament and some tennis ladder matches, which is just kind of a competition within the club. And I thrive off competition, but there is a limit to the amount of things you can care about performing well in before the stress is too much. And I do feel like I've hit that mark. So this hundred K then is exciting because it is about the experience and the beautiful mountains and racing with my friends. And I have a little issue with my knee. So I am hundred percent prepared to do the post race recap of this and say that I got to 60 K and that was not a safe place to continue. And then I dropped out. I'm also happy to come on and say that my knee felt great because I tapered properly and I'm definitely doing a lot of resting, less training, more resting. And the whole day was really fun and it all went really well and it's going to be beautiful weather. So, I mean, one can hope. Katie probably will do really well, maybe podium, an off-the-couch podium 100K, which I quite appreciate. So this is on Whistler. I will link to, well, I'll put some photos up of the course. It is absolutely epically beautiful. Now, Tori is doing the 100 mile. So both of these courses, she starts hold on, 22 hours ahead of me. And the chances of the, us meeting up when she is at about 140K and I'm about 80-ish K is pretty good. So I am really excited to, after the race, say that I found Tori ghostly in the night. So that is a super fun aspect. We also have a friend, Tara Holland, who's been on the podcast before that's running 100K and she had some injuries earlier and didn't think it was going to happen. She was signed up for the this race last year and couldn't get there. So there are so many people that I'm excited to see how they do. Linda Barton is doing the 100 miles and we had an epic adventure today together training. So I'm just so excited to see how she does. She's so dialed in. Um, so much experience there. So it's going to be really, really fun. But the main training block, we were going to England for Katie's wedding. And I was definitely thinking... This is going to be tough to get any of the runs in. And so I have a coach, obviously, and I love the structure and I love every day knowing the workout that I had to do and all of that type of stuff. But 
when I'm going away with my family and we did meet my parents there, you have to spend time with your family and you have your responsibilities of your child and the whole wedding activities and all of that stuff. So I was a little nervous about trying to schedule too much stuff that I couldn't get done and just wanting to enjoy the time with my family, but still wanting to train. So I found the perfect balance was I told my coach, you know, I'm going to try to get out the door every day and keep the habit. Um, and I don't know what that'll look like. I might have 20 minutes and I might have two hours. So every run just said 20 minutes to two hours, whatever you could do, which was perfect because some days I just sort of walked around a new city for 5k and other days I got up really early because that's what my brain does and ran 20k before anybody was awake. And that was awesome. And I do recognize that I have a pretty supportive husband and family. So that was nice. But I also pre-booked one day where I asked my parents to watch the kids and so I could go on an adventure with Andy and do a long run. And it was awesome. We ran in northern England, which like looks like kind of Scottish terrain as well. It was rainy and windy. And we found these cool mountains with all these sheep and goats. And I ran the first 25K alone. And then he met me and did the last 15, 20, whatever we did. Um around up on these hills and it was so fun and cool and my parents got to go take Baker to the castle that Harry Potter was filmed in and he loved that so everything really worked out smoothly I was definitely terrified to take him on the airplane because I don't like sitting and it's a nine and a half hour flight for us and it is an eight hour time change so I had no idea how a two-year-old was going to respond to that and I was not stoked let me tell you he was great. He was so excited to go on a big, 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 big airplane, to quote him, that he didn't nap that day. He was so intense in the airport playing on all the paper movers and playing on all the things and wanted to talk to all the people uh, that he fell asleep before the plane even took off with the motion. And it was a red eye on the way there. So that was awesome. So once he was asleep, he slept pretty good. He woke up a couple of times and we just had some iPad with some Peppa Pig and he watched that for a bit. And I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not definitely not against some TV for the kids if they have to. And the one thing we got that was really, really helpful, well, two things, was a piece of luggage carry-on. So he had all his toys in there and he felt a part of things. And then if we had to go really, really far to the gate, he could actually sit on his luggage and we just carried him around, um, which was kind of a fun game for him too and just kept it exciting. And then when we got on the airplane, I had this thing off Amazon that was maybe 20 bucks and it was just a big square uh, mattress type thing that is super small, but it made it so that his chair was a bed and I could put my feet up on it too. And it took two seconds to blow up. I want to say it was a square, like foot and a half by foot and a half. And, um, that was really, really helpful to have him be able to just lay out comfortably. And then we didn't, we got just regular economy seats, but we did pay for the front row so that he wouldn't kick anybody's chair in front of us. And we had that extra leg space just in case he needed to roam around with toys and stuff because we weren't really sure how it was going to be. And it was totally fine. Um, I think he could have slept anywhere, to be honest. But that was worth the money for us just for the peace of mind of him not being a total rascal. The way back, I was super worried because it was a midday flight. Uh, but same thing. He didn't nap. So he napped on the plane, woke up, ate some dinner, talked to people, thought the plane was cool. And then he went back to sleep. So I'm so thankful and I recognize that that might not always be the way it is and maybe that was just the age that he was, but man, that was awesome. So when we were at the wedding in Burford, um, I was excited to be able to run with my friends because a bunch of Canadians went there, but I also sort of knew they don't have kids and the scheduling is just different. So 
we couldn't really book anything because people were on vacation. So like, I don't want to set a time, which is totally fair, but I sort of have to so that Andy knows when he's on kid duty and then Andy can get his exercise. So I just was thinking if I woke up and I had somebody to run with, that would be excellent. If nobody's awake or nobody wants to come at that time, I'm totally happy going by myself. And it ended up being perfect because Tori was awake the first morning and Katie needed to go for a run pretty early. So we went for a jog and got to see where she lives and the surrounding area of the Coswolds is so cool. Uh, but I'm telling you this because I was, I didn't have cellular devices, but I had Wi-Fi. So I went to this, um, whatchamacallit, pub and was standing outside to use the Wi-Fi to see where everybody was. And this girl like pops out of the side of the bush and she's like, hey, are you local? And I was like, no. She's like, I am and I have a running club and I'm trying to find other young runners. Um, and I like come to my hill sprint thing tomorrow. Anyways, we started chatting for a bit. She was so nice. So I was like, hey, do you want to come for a run with us? We're doing like 15 or 20K. And she's like, yeah, I do. Which is so hilarious. And she came for a run and she was so lovely to chat with. And she had just done her first 50K and she's a concert pianist. Her name's Christine and she was absolutely wicked to get to know. So I'm going to have her on the show too. And I, uh, I look forward to that. You guys are going to think she's really interesting. Um, so that was just so fun. So random. And then we went up. Uh, and did a little road trip and went up and did these bike trips, which I cannot recommend enough. So they tell you where your next hotel is and all you have to do is bike there. That's your like daily adventure, which I love because you get to see a countryside in a way you wouldn't otherwise see it and stop and funky coffee shops and stop and look at the sheep and all the things that Baker would find interesting. But if we were in a car, we probably wouldn't do it. So it was nice because we had to pick one that I've done these by myself and I like the really hard ones, obviously, but doing one that was a little bit easier. My parents are 70 and 74 and Andy had to pull the trailer with Baker in it, um, but it was still a super good workout. So I was so excited that everybody survived that. My parents did amazing. And so we would leave in the morning at about 10 a.m., which was great because then Baker could have a run around first and play in whatever town we were in and he found a guy to play uh, football or rugby or something with in like every restaurant that we were at. He loved it. He loved staying in a new hotel every night, his new home, he'd call it. I just can't believe how well it went. I actually was so anxious. And now I just want to go back and do more adventures with toddlers. Kids are, kids are resilient, let me tell you. And so having that time in the morning meant I could get up early and run. And then we just tooted along on our bikes. And I highly recommend that if you want info on what we did. Go check out my Instagram at hillsport55. You also get to see all of our running friends in dresses and you will not recognize them. Okay, so back to this weekend. 5 a.m. is our start on Saturday. The 100 milers start tomorrow, Friday, super early. So I asked everybody for a brief blurb on how they were feeling. So let's hear from Linda, Tara, Katie, Tori, and... See how everybody's pre-race nerves are doing, and then we will check in with everybody after the race. Our next sponsor has a product I literally use every day. You guys have heard me talk about AG1 from Athletic Greens for the majority of summer now, and I am so excited to have a greens powder that actually tastes good, and I can feel the difference in my gut health, my energy, my immune system, and definitely my recovery. I've been able to take it leading up to races when I can't take as many fruit and vegetables. And with one delicious scoop, I'm getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, 
probiotics and adaptogens. And it is easy to take with one glass of cold water in the morning. So even when I have a weird stomach after races, I can get in everything I need to recovery and get back to the trails faster. So it is lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Your subscription now comes with one year supply of vitamin D, which is so important going into the winter months when we're not going to get as much sunlight. It is less than $3 a day, which like I said, is 100% less than the oat milk latte that you're getting every day. Well, I'm definitely getting that anyway. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So how am I feeling about Wham, you ask? Well, I'm nervous for sure. 100K is a long way to run. Uh, But mostly I'm excited just to spend all day, and I literally mean all day, um, running around in the Alpine of Whistler. I love the trails. Um, There's lots of great people doing the race, including Hillary, who I'm sure I'll spend some time with out there. And yeah, it's just going to be a really fun day of slow moving forward on the trails and eating a lot of snacks. So yeah, we'll see how I feel after it's all over. Hi, everyone. This is Linda Barton. Gary Robbins is my husband. He is the race director for the Whistler Alpine Meadow races that are happening this weekend. And I am running the 100 miler of those races. I start on Friday, which is the day after tomorrow. I am mostly fine. I am about 99% done with my drop bags. It is complicated because I might hit two nights, so I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to need what and when. I always try to pack so that if something happens to my crew and they can't make it, I'm okay. So hopefully that works out. Hopefully they can just make it. I'm excited I think. I'm mostly excited because I know that Gary and his team have worked so hard on this and have put a lot of time and effort and care into making this something special and I'm really proud of him and I want to go out there and try to do it justice and I'm excited to see other friends out there competing and yeah I think I'm fine. I think I'm mostly fine. Probably not fine but I think I'm fine. How am I feeling? Was that your question? Um, I'm quite full because I'm basically just eating my nerves because, you know, eating your feelings works. Joking. Um, yeah, I'm, I think the local experience will be new and exciting for me. It's pretty endearing and heartwarming that people, like, even the couple people I did share this last minute ridiculous idea to, like, 
all these people keep like messaging me. It's like they're more excited to see me on a start line than I am. Yeah, like I do respect the distance a lot. It's just been four years since I've done it and it's been three years since I've raced. So from any advice you have would be great right now. No, I'm, um, yeah, I'm probably a bit nervous at this last minute idea, um, but I'm grateful and happy that I get to leisure for a day or longer. So yeah, when you get the choice to leisure to the point of immense suffering, then it's a pretty cool place to be. So my body seems to be okay. Um, I'm nervous that I don't, I just don't want to be like a bitch if I'm in pain. Like, I don't think they should go on the podcast, by the way. Um, I'm trying to get Katie to record with me, but she is out of the room. I don't know if this is what you're looking for, Hill, but I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to see all these people. Um, I feel happy that I'm back on the mainland. Um, I'm also full from all the baked goods I've been eating today and yesterday. <laughs> um, I'm full on electrolytes and baked goods. Um, yeah, I'm like normal nervous, but I don't think I can be nervous because I haven't done like structured training. I've just got high mileage. So I'm really interested to see what that's going to look like. It's not going to be pretty. Um, okay, this is more than 25 seconds, but hopefully this is okay content. Um, yeah, I'm excited to hear about your race. Can we go for Brent on Sunday if I'm still alive? Okay, so Hillary has told me to record something Um pre-race otherwise she's not going to give me her mum's polls so kind of have to i am generally feeling excited although i've been in whistler since tuesday um with some friends who are visiting from england and have basically just forgotten that i'm doing a race on saturday um every now and again hillary sends me a message saying that she's nervous or um, is worried about, I don't know, such such and such. And then I suddenly get a massive wave of nerves. So thanks, Hillary, for reminding me that we are racing. Uh, thank God we're doing the race together. It's, I think it's the first time we've done a race together that isn't a road marathon or a general adventure. So because we haven't, it kind of feels like we're going off on just a normal adventure because she's organized everything. She's bringing my equipment all the usual except for this time we're doing it with a few other friends and lots of other random people that we don't know so it should be really exciting um I think that I'm looking forward to the most is not having to worry about where I am on the course so usually you know when you do a race you're like oh where's the next aid station and someone tells you and they're wrong and it's 10k not 5k and you're really cross well um, I know, I pretty much know like every step of the course on this one. So I don't care how far it is to next aid station. I just know where it is. I know where you have to get to. Um, I think I've ever done a race where of this length where I've known all the course. So it should be really exciting. Plus, I've always wound for years and just never got around to it. So there we go. Oh, whoops. That's two minutes, not 20 seconds. <laughs>
Hi. Oh, God. Okay. The aftermath. I'm tell you right now, I'm lying on the floor. And, uh, I want to... I want to do this while it's fresh in my memory with all my feelers. So that is not sitting upright in a stiff area or standing even with proper sound. And I apologize, but that's what these race recaps are. It appears as though when I open my mouth, I close my eyeballs because both of those things open at the same time would be too much. Okay. So, uh, if you are new to the podcast, um, I've done a few of these. These aren't my, this isn't my first hundred K. So in the last six years, I might have done off the top of my head, one, two, three, four, five, five or six around this distance, maybe more. Um, so I shouldn't, it wouldn't be, like, this is an unexpected fatigue. What I'm trying to say is, out of all of these, this race was the hardest. <laughs> um, I'm just taking a long way to get there. And so it wasn't the longest I've been out there. It wasn't the least fit. It was a combination, multifactorial, you might say, combination of elements that made it exponentially more difficult than a lot of the races that I've done. Maybe the one in Switzerland would have been similar. Had I pushed this hard? Maybe. But I don't think so because it wasn't as hot and the heat was definitely an element. So it was partly the conditions of the day. But um, I need to say first and foremost, the epicness of this race was the people that were there. And my friends who did so amazing. And I mean, I have said before, there's a fast group of girls that we are so lucky to be friends with up here in Vancouver. But this weekend was just such a so cool showcase of that. Um, And so in this race, you could see the 100 milers as well. So they started on Friday morning at 7 a.m. and we started on Saturday morning at 5 a.m. So they would have done the out portion, which included a much bigger loop and then started to come back and we would see them on our way out. So we set off and I say we as in I had two friends, Katie Mills, who we talk about all the time on the show and another one, Tara Holland, who has been on the show setting a pace kind of together and we knew we would start together and we didn't know when that would end. Um, and that we were all very good to run our own race, but our paces, Katie is significantly faster on the downhills, but we all are pretty decent climbers. And this race had over 6,000 meters or 22,000 feet. We knew we would climb together for quite a bit. Again, didn't know what that would look like, but we knew we would start together and that we should see Tori together who was crushing the 100-miler and went on to come first place in the 100-mile distance of this insanely hard race. So we did run into her, and it was awesome and emotional and so cool. And she was gutting it out against another local runner, Mariev, who had some major issues, and she's so fast and so unreal. Um, And it would have been a super good 
super good battle between the two of them. Um, but she had to DNF because the distance is madness. And when things go wrong, they can go really wrong. And then we would see some of the other people we knew. Uh, you guys just have to bear with me that my brain is not going to totally work. But we're all runners. We know what this is like. And we ran into Linda, who ended up fifth for women. And she looked so strong. And we were at 50K. And she was at over 120 and I was ready to quit at that point because I thought I was just not going to make it and seeing her so bubbly and excited and like energetic at that distance I was like okay she's gone farther than my total distance today already also through the night I can continue on my way so I did and uh yeah so the elements we you start, there's Whistler Blackcomb, it's just that, it's Whistler Blackcomb. Both of these mountains are over 2,000 meters of climbing. And you start at the village, so you do hit altitude. Okay, so we are sea level people, creatures, here. There was a, there was a guy actually from Colorado, I think he probably felt great. Because we don't go up that high that often. We don't go to the peaks of these mountains. There's a very short window in the year that you can even get to some of them that are this high because of the snow. And at the top of Whistler, there still was patches of snow there, right? We ski there all the time. But running up them in the heat, different. So what was weird about this altitude was that, and this is my perception. This might not be science. The start of the race, you start going, and then you go all the way up top, Blackcomb, start to feel kind of lightheaded and gross because you are working hard also. And then all the way back down. And then all the way back up Whistler. So now you've gone from weird altitude feeling gross to back to normal thick, delightful air. And then you're going all the way back up Whistler, which was about a 20K climb. Barf. Um, and another 2,000 meters. And now you are in the hottest part of the day where there's a wind, so I don't feel super hot, but I was so lightheaded and nauseous, I knew I was hot. And now you're at 50K and you've climbed 4,000 meters, 13,000 feet, and feeling very nauseous. And at that point, Katie was had taken off from us, but only by about two or three minutes at the top of Whistler um, because she got hot and had to cool down, and Tara and I were running together, and I was a little bit ahead of her for a second. She caught me, and she was like, I think we should work together, um, and I was like, yep, I'm down for that. So we would kind of, when we felt good, run a little bit ahead and then catch each other again, um, and we got to the 60K aid station. Katie was 15 minutes in front of us, and Tara and I were together, and it was a really cool experience because Tara looked at me and was like, I'm doing something wrong because I don't feel good. But we were in second and third and we were way ahead of schedule from what I thought. And Katie was in first. And I looked at her and was like, yeah, dude, we're supposed to feel this bad. It means we're doing it right. And we are moving at a good pace. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to feel like. If we felt good, we weren't going fast enough. Um, and you can see she was like, okay, cool. And that was just really fun to have that like moment of realization with her. And she just started moving so well and um, had major, major stomach issues as well. Okay, so now 
back to the altitude thing. You're back to thick air and then you're back up to altitude again and then you drop right down because it's super steep and you get out of it again. Um, also, heat of the day, remember, over 31 degrees Celsius in the 90s Fahrenheit. And running along and then we did this weird little circle, <laughs> aka a loop, that was runnable. And so when I say earlier that this was a faster finishing time than other races but harder because some of the portions where you actually had to run felt very, very difficult and harder on the body. Whereas like the one I did this time last year, there were some really technical bits where you kind of had to power hike, but that is a little bit easier, gentler on the body. Um, and that's what I was really started to find because I don't like running. I like running, walking on mountains fast. So we did this loop and then we realized that fourth was, uh, we had a pretty good lead about two hours on fourth, so we could settle our stomachs a bit. So Tara waited in the aid station at about 72K and had some soup and tried to recover for a bit. And then we had this big, huge climb back up Whistler again. And I was like, okay, this is where I'll be able to do my best part of the race is 70K in and climb this gruesome mountain because that's kind of my favorite stuff. Um and it was really good. And I felt great on that climb and passed some people who said Katie was really far ahead. But when I got to the peak of Whistler, she had overheated a bit and was puking also because now we were back in elevation or altitude for the third time. So your body is in this washing machine of altitude, thick air, altitude, thick air, back to altitude, heat of the day. Now it's the evening. So all three of us now are puking. Um, and so when I got to the aid station, they were like, Katie left 20 minutes ago. And I thought she was hours ahead. And I was like, what? Um, and that was at the 80K mark. So this also is, the rest of it is downhill, where she obviously is going to be superior. Um, and she absolutely crushed the last 20K and ran so fast. I think she did it in like two hours and 10 minutes and it took me three hours. So she finished like an hour and a quarter or whatever the math of that is ahead, which um, I am like to be that close to her is enough for me. So this part was super crazy because we were still passing 100 kilometer people going the other way and the cutoff was 30 hours and just having so much empathy for them being like, man, like if they had gut issues early and were just trying to tough it out and they, you knew they were going to be out there for close to the full 30 hours, like so impressive. But that's what this course just like can take for people um, because so many things can go wrong. And started running down the, the last bit and that's when my stomach got really bad and I just couldn't run because I would puke. So I kind of had to like jog, walk, puke, jog, walk, puke down to the end. But I had told, so you know how you come sometimes guess on an ultra what you would finish uh, and you're never right because it's impossible. I guess 1630 and I crossed the line in 16 hours, 29 minutes and 29 seconds. It was within 30 seconds of my guess time, which was at the time I thought very hilarious and I need to buy a lottery ticket ASAP. So we continue down this path and now it's dark. Uh, and I didn't care. I was just kind of having fun trotting along and then got to the finish line and <laughs> just like collapsed in the wood chips and Katie was there eating a hamburger and Andy was there because our friend Megan had offered to watch Baker which was so nice and such a nice surprise and Linda had just finished the 100 miler and she was just a chipper and 
happy and fine sitting in some chairs and our friend Glenn was there, finished the 100 miler and the friends and I all sat under a tent and collectively retired from racing for the end of time only to do adventure runs where we can sit and eat chocolate bars on the way instead. Uh, and then Andy went to find my finish line bag and couldn't find it. And I just laid in the wood chips and usually at a finish line, I'm kind of okay. And this time I just, well, I just laid in the, in the wood chips and then a couple of friends who had actually run UTMB came over to say good job. And I had to excuse myself to puke behind the porta potty and then Katie and Sam locked their keys in their car, and then Tara came in, and so Tara came third, and we were absolutely just dumbfounded and stoked and excited that our three friends came one, two, and three, and I still just, just like, will never have a podium that makes me more proud of my friends and excited and just so honored to have run with them, and it is scary to compete against your friends, but also fun to cheer them on and be stoked for their successes and to keep up with them was pretty cool for some of it. And, um, the race was big and tough and it was definitely an accomplishment on its own. And it just was so fun to see everybody work so hard all summer and have so many sacrifices and then do so well was really, really cool. I definitely think like I talked a bit about being undertrained because we were in Europe and could have had a bit more climbing legs and more altitude stuff. That would have been the difference, just more sports specific, I guess. The mileage was was fine. It was just the specific type training. So I'm going to try to get a clip from them, but I know everybody's so exhausted and it's hard to send voice clips after, so might not. But I need to do a full interview with Tori to get her version because I don't know as much as what went on in, in her mind for that whole 100 miler. So we will get more into her amazing race on, on another episode, but I wanted to get this one out as soon as I could. And then we went back. So our friend then drove us home and we dropped Katie and Sam off at a taxi first so that they could get BCA to get into their car the next day because it was pretty late now, like midnight or something. And I was just hanging out at the back of the car trying not to puke until we got home again. And I remember thinking, like, I don't party anymore so that I don't have to do this. It felt like when you're in college. And then got home and my friend was there watching Baker and I just was like, thank you and excused myself to go in the shower and puke some more. It was cool. And then went to sleep and woke up the next day and um, we all went to the lake and just sort of lied around and everybody was beat up. And Katie's body is disastrous because she basically, like, sprinted a half marathon down an entire mountain in the night. It was just so impressive. I'm almost glad I did puke during that because if I had tried to run that fast, my body would be even more destroyed than it is. I even tried to e-bike and was like, this is too much. Um, so the recovery is bananas, but uh, just so obsessed with the community and Coast Mountain Trail races, shout out to them and Gary Robbins for putting on that race and picking that course. I mean, pretty freaking epic. The views are amazing. You can see the pictures at Hillsport 55. I'll put up the race photos when they come too. And uh, if you are looking for an absolutely difficult, challenging, hard rock qualifier, 100 miler, um, or just a really hard 100K, or just a really shitty 50K, there's a shitty 25 and a cent race too. The whole weekend is just absolute madness. But I encourage you to come. Come to BC. Come to Whistler, Canada. Check it out. You guys are going to love it. There was, um, yeah, people from all over doing it, and it was really cool. It was a big race with all the people, all the participants, and I 
appreciate being able to run with all those people. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about this for now. So how do I feel about Wham now, you ask, a day and a half or so after finishing the 100K? Uh, I feel great, actually. I'm exhausted. Uh, but, oh, my God, I, I mean, I think I said in my first little clip here that I was excited and nervous and it it just was such a fun day like it was such a big long adventure in the mountains and running with you Hillary and Katie for pretty much the first 35k of the race um you know we split up a few times and came back together uh but it was just it made for such an amazing and fun and chill start to the day like um and of course we ran into Tori and like, I don't even know where she was in her race near the end of her 100 miler and we were near the beginning of ours, but it was just the highlight of the day for sure. Um, yeah, I, ha- I mean, I had a, a great run. Like I, my legs were super strong and amazing all day. My stomach was horrible for about the whole second half, but I held it together and yeah, I'm really proud of uh, just staying positive and finishing. Um, yeah, and now... Afterwards, I feel weirdly good. Like my legs actually aren't that sore and I don't understand why. Maybe because there was so much hiking and the last part was pretty slow relatively. Um, But yeah, my lungs are kind of sore from just breathing so hard for so long, I guess, and probably a little bit of the smoke too. But other than that, yeah, I feel very discombobulated. I was a disaster at work today, but um, yeah, just really happy and just excited to be sharing the podium with to crush our running friends. So it's four days after our race. And today I sat on the loo without assistance for the first time. And I can also walk downstairs front ways, not backwards. Um, so I'm feeling super accomplished about that. Um, in other news, I spent last night debating whether or not to go to hospital with suspected appendicitis. Turns out my tummy's just still not great from the race, but, um, but clearly better than Hillary's because I'm not in the hospital with Giardia or whatever she has, um, from drinking from the creeks, which is, yeah, probably why I ran out of water on the way up to Whistler, thank God, because, um... If I hadn't, it would have meant that it, the reason why is because I'd been filling up from the creeks that she got Giardia in. But, oh, well. Um, other than that, I kind of blocked out the fact that we ran the second half of that race because it sucked so much. Tara was saying that she can't believe she ran 100K. And I'm like, did we? I can't even remember. Like, I blocked it from my mind. Um, everyone keeps saying congratulations. And I think... In my head, I'm confused. I'm like, what are they congratulating me for? Are they congratulating me for getting married? Like, I've totally forgotten. Um, except for the stairs and the loose situation, I suppose. And lastly, let's hear from Linda Barton, who had an epic 100-mile race. And as someone who did the 100K, I cannot imagine the additional 60 kilometers. So it's been just over a week since I finished my 100-miler. And so far, so good for recovery. My feet were pretty messed up for a couple of days. And now I have some neuropathy on a couple of my 
of my toes, especially the big toes. But my legs bounced back pretty quickly, which was great. I was walking downstairs like a champ about 24 hours after finishing. So I felt pretty awesome about that. Um, the fatigue has been real. There's been a lot of like late afternoon drowsiness and falling asleep and sleeping delicious, delicious sleep every night, which is amazing. As for the race, turns out I was fine and it went pretty well. I kind of struggled with some motivation for a while. I ended up running with a guy named Chris Ford, who is an old friend of Gary's. And it wasn't our plan to run together, but we ended up doing like 110, maybe 120 kilometers together. We ran together for a bit and then we got separated. And while we were separated, I just kind of got into a super low and started thinking that maybe I didn't really want to do this. It's about 50K in. And I was like, I could just stop and enjoy a weekend in Whistler with my friends. And then maybe I could get home and get my kid to school on Monday. But then I started thinking about my friends who were running the 100K and how I wanted to see them out there and I wanted to see them finish. And it was like, well, if, I might, if I'm going to stay, I might as well keep running, which is sort of a effed up way to think. But it was enough to keep me motivated. And then Chris and I ended up connecting again and then continuing to run forever together, which was great because we just had a lot to talk about and we worked well as a team. Like I was giving him mints and sunscreen and he was reminding me what to grab out of my drop bag. It was good, good teamwork. And then he just sounded great the whole time we were together. Uh, I thought I was struggling and I thought maybe he was doing awesome, but he kept telling me he was struggling as much as I was. So when we got to the top of Whistler for the second time and I kind of pulled ahead of him for a minute because I thought I just would sit and recover while I waited for him. Uh, he came in and got himself together and I got myself together and the aid station people were amazing and made me cry in a good way. <laughs> and then I saw him leave and I was like, oh, my friend's leaving. So I, you know, booked it and got out of there and went down a couple hills and came around a corner and I just didn't see him anymore. And I thought, okay, so he must just be feeling good. Good for him. Let me just see if I can get another glimpse of him. So I started to, to go as quickly as I could that far in. And at this point, I start seeing the 100K runners coming towards me, which is exciting because I know this means I get to see some friends. And I see Hillary Matheson, who's doing social media for the weekend, and uh, she gives me some big smiles. And then I see Sasha Brown, who I've been friends with since forever, and I gave her a big hug. And then I see Katie Mills, who gives me a gigantic hug. And then I see Miss Hillary Spires, who gives me a hug. And then I see Tara Holland, who gives me a hug. And I remember afterwards, Hillary saying that I just look so fresh at that point, which I was just on a hug high, is all that was. I was just excited to see people and not be alone for a little while. So I just kept going and got down to the next crew point. And I tell my crew, you know, Chris just took off on me. He must have been feeling so good. And my friend Jordan, crew captain, says, uh, no. Chris is behind you. And I asked how she knew, and she said her his crew was sitting there waiting for him. And turns out that when I thought I saw Chris leaving the aid station, he was just taking a bio break. And he thought I took off on him, and I thought he took off on me when really I was thought I was chasing him. But regardless, I had myself a good cry, 
at that point because it's just cathartic to get it out. And I knew I had 23K left. And Mary of Legrand, good friend, who unfortunately had to take care of her feet and not finish. Um, she told me that Tori, who won the race, won, won the 100-miler, had taken about six hours to do the last 23K. So I would probably take about eight. But in my head, I was like, I don't want to take eight hours. I really don't. So I'm going to try to do it in six. And I did somehow at the end of that race, managed to pull out a six hour 23K. And it's amazing what your body can do when you're motivated to finish and when you're trained and when you do things right and you listen to your crew and you listen to your husband who is the race director slash coach. Yeah, it's pretty incredible what we can do. And I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of my friends. And it worked out so well because I finished my race and then Katie had just finished a little while ahead of me and then Hillary finished just a few minutes after I did and then Tara finished a little while later so it was nice to get to see these people I've been cheering for and then I laughed as I watched Hillary like lay down on the ground an awful lot in the wood chips she seemed okay with that <laughs> so I hope you're okay with that Hillary I had wood chips in my laundry later I bet you did too um as for the future of 100 milers I kept telling everybody this was my swan song this was it I'm never doing this again I'm not doing this anymore but I mean who am I kidding I'm probably going to do another one I'm thinking about one in June I just don't want to miss my summer with my kid I only have a few summers I'm sure where he still wants to hang out with his mom so yeah if I do another one it'll be not in the summer we'll see but yeah I'm proud of myself all right, guys, thanks for listening to the pre-race jitters of Wham 100K and 100 Mile and the brief recaps as we recover from the epic day that was Whistler Alpine Meadows. Stay tuned for a full race recap from Tori on her 100-mile race. I cannot fathom, I think I already said this, another 60K, so it will be fun to hear about the stories that she went through. If you'd like to see photos from these races, don't forget. Hillsport55 on Instagram. All right, guys, thanks so much. If you liked this, please leave us a five-star rating interview. That's all.